Welcome to the TBE Richmond Podcast. I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. On this feed, you'll hear sermons, teachings, music, conversations with guests, and so much more from us here at Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia. Thanks for learning and growing with us. I tend to pick the ones that I share with you according to date and and what the rabbi has asked for help. And it uh, inevitably steps directly on my foot because every time something like this happens, a room full of scholars who uh, studied this for a year to to get ready um, and uh, a, a Parsha that has so much that can be said, but my good friend Franklin and I agree on one thing, just because a Parsha has so much that can be said does not mean I need to say it today. <laughs> Jacob lived. Jacob lived. So when I finally opened up and discovered which Parsha I had chosen to help out for, I realized uh, that this was one that I would have volunteered for anyway. Uh, For those who do not know me, I have made my career in death and dying. Uh, It is not just my work. It has been the work I am called to. It is something that, that Uh, has always been something that does not make me shy away. Even as a child, as death came to those we loved in our family, I stepped in instead of stepping away. And what I do to make it so that I can do that is I think the thoughts, basically, Jacob lived. Death is far less frightening and far less foreign when we accept the fact that it is really another chapter of life, another way of understanding life. Uh, I do think, considering the life that Jacob lived, that this Parsha doesn't really uh, go into as many things as it possibly could. Again, a little bit of relief there. But I love it because it has history and it has the the wrapping up of a narrative that we've seen throughout Genesis, and it has poetry. Now, those who are, uh, uh, you know, those who are looking at how the text works says, well, it has poetry so that we can remember, right? Any part that is in poetry within a narrative is meant for us to be able to remember it better. And as uh, he gives the blessings and some would say curses uh, to his sons, and to the tribes, it is a history that we are meant to remember. But for me, I consider more of this, uh, the storytelling of what life is and what death is. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross is very famous for her five stages of grief that she came up with. What's lesser known about her is that it's so simple to remember the five stages, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. What is very hard to remember are the nuances. One of the nuances being, is this more relevant to those of us who mourn someone who passes, like in this case, Joseph on the passing of his father, or is it about Jacob and his coming to understanding of the end of his own life? 
in this passage, as we have, um, you know, he, he becomes sick and, and he makes his plans and he calls together his sons and he does sort of a, a pre-reading of the will, as it were. Um, he talks about his, uh, his wife and their relationship. He uh, addresses his need to give, to say goodbye. To me, that is a, a more uh, embraceable stages of grief and stages of dying. And in my work over the years, I have found that this passage is just, it rings true. That if we are given the time before our death, or I would say, if we take the time before our death, because nothing's really known to be given to us, that these are the stages that we will go through. The first is storytelling. You find as you age that you want to tell your story to someone. For some people, it is writing it down. For some, it is sharing it with those who are closest with you. For others of us, you know, don't sit next to me in a coffee shop unless you want to hear some things I got to say. So storytelling is not just this is who I was and this is what I, I loved and what I believed in. Just like Kubler-Ross, is it the grieving person or is it the dying person? The story, is it for the listener or is it for the teller? The next stage, I would say, is wrestling with guilt and gratitude. I love the concept of him wrestling with an angel um, because there are two beautiful things there. There's, there's a struggle, but then there's also a blessing. As we look back on our lives and as we look ahead to the end of life as we know it, we must wrestle with the guilt of the times we did not measure up and also the gratitude of all the things that came to us in spite of our shortcomings. Then there comes a time for accounting and truth-telling. Uh, in this par Parsha, Jacob's accounting is really kind of who gets what and how we determine who is whom. And, and there's uh, so many great uh, things written about those. But for ourselves, it's a little trickier. Um, for ourselves, sometimes you have to have very difficult conversations through the blessings of those who have died in my presence throughout my life, I have learned to take this step now, to tell the truth to the people I love, to uh, take an accounting, not just every year at the high holidays, but uh, anytime I can to take an accounting of both my shortcomings and my gifts in my relationships, which are what are so important to me. And many of us, as I think maturity, one of the signs of maturity is being able to say, I look through a window and I see myself, but like some of the windows in the back of this studio, some are clear and some are really foggy and I have no idea what's on the other side there. And then finally, there is release the release of letting go of life as you have known it before and opening yourself up to what uh, is possible. I am a, a huge fan of poetry 
And I love what some of my favorite poets have to say about death and dying and about uh, those who have gone before. Ted Pooser, uh, I recently read uh, a collection of his again, and uh, he imagines his parents, he goes through his house, and, and this is after the age of 60, Ted's walking through his house, and he feels like he can see his parents out of the corner of his eye. And they're kind of dusting and they're straightening up the house, doing things they used to do when he was a kid. And whenever he turns, he can't quite see them, but he feels them there with him. Louise Erdrich, she uh, writes of a, a disruptive prodigal uncle coming home for the truth telling, the reckoning, the accounting, and how he is embraced again, although quite cautiously. And then my favorite for his simplicity, Billy Collins tells of driving past the graveyard where his parents are and that they both sit up and slowly wave as he passes by. How a poet talks about death to me uh, is the measure of the poet. It's sort of like how a musician communicates love. If you can't communicate love as a musician, just, just put the instrument down. Um, but uh, I think the poetry of life is a little more difficult for us. Uh, it goes between a rhythm we can understand and like in Job, one of the most infuriating things to me about Job is all these passages where we just don't really know what's being said there. You know, we just, we don't quite get it. That is, that's the poetry of our life, but the poetry of death is actually a little more clear for better or for worse. And I think it is incredibly uh, poetic as Jacob finishes his instructions and he draws his feet into the bed. No more will he need to run or walk or travel or stand or lead. He may draw his feet within. As he breathes his last, and is gathered to his people. It is an absolutely beautiful image of dying. And to me, Genesis, uh, yes, it's beginnings, but it's also um, the table of contents of who we are. You are in Genesis many, many times. And uh, one thing, you know, the non-religious asked me, they say, how can you just read the same old story year after year? And I said, because it's not the same old story, because I read it year after year. Louise Erdrich, who, if you're not familiar with her, um, most, uh, all of her writings are about um, indigenous uh, Americans and then people of mixed descent and then uh, living together and adapting. And in each person is the story of America, um, very much like Jacob is the, the beginning story of us, right? Um, and in her book, A Plague of Doves, she uh, has this uh, haunting story uh, about some young men who were killed in, uh, it was not only were they killed illegally, but unjustly, they were not guilty of the crime for which they were killed. And as they are awaiting their execution, they one of them says, uh, we need to sing our death songs. 
And one of them had been kind of, uh, had a very difficult childhood. And so he hadn't been taught his death song, which was part of the culture that you are taught your death song so that you know who you are through life. Um, and I was listening to this uh, as I was driving to a hospital uh, almost on the West Virginia border uh, for an organ donation case. And uh, the rolling hills were beautiful. Uh, the trees were without leaves. There was a wind blowing and I'm hearing this poetic telling of the end of lives, an end that came too soon and, and trying to understand them by singing a death song. And so I did something um, that at the time I thought I would probably admit to no one, but it ended up being so helpful. I turned off the audiobook and I rolled down the windows and I let the cold air hit me and I looked at the, the fields and I sang my death song, which I didn't know I knew the words to and I didn't know I knew the tune to. And it lasted about four stanzas. And I finished, and I thought, I do I know who I am in life, and I know who I am in death. This beautiful Parsha tells us who we are historically. It tells us who we are as humans, but if we can be quiet and climb into it year after year, it tells us who we are. Jacob lived, Franklin lives, Elaine lives, you live. Shabbat Shalom. This has been the TBE Richmond Podcast. Once again, I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. On behalf of all of us here at Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia, thanks for listening. I hope this episode was uplifting and enriching. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this feed wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. And please rate and review us so others will have an easier time joining the conversation. Our theme music is composed and produced by Stephen Frost. Learn more about our dynamic, warm, and passionate congregation affiliated with the United Synagogue of Conservative Judaism at www.bethelrichmond.org. Until next time, shalom y'all.